Dog Works Radio is sponsored by Alaska Dog Works. Check out their website at alaskadogworks.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by First Paw Coffee Company, specializing in private label premium blend coffee. If you're serious about coffee, you should check it out. First Paw Coffee's passion is high-quality, small-batch roasted coffee. They take the extra time to taste and get everything perfect before they release new blends. They aim to bring you a cup of happiness each time you pour yourself some coffee. Find out more at ak.dog free and enter for a chance to win some First Paw Coffee prizes, a book from our collection, and tote bag. One winner will be selected at random each month. That's ak.dog free. From First Paw Media, sponsored by First Paw Coffee Company, this is the Dog Driver Show. Visit our website at dogworksradio.com. Now here are your hosts, Robert Forto and Kurosh Parto. Hello and welcome everybody. This is Robert and you are listening to the Dog Driver Show and I am joined by my co-host KP. KP, how's it going today? Oh, very good, very good. Uh, the uh, daylight is getting a little bit uh, <laughs> more common, and the temperatures are a little bit better. And uh, today we have a very interesting guest from a very interesting part of the world uh, joining us from Lithuania, actually. Her name is Indre Duyotiene, and she's calling us from uh, Lithuania. She has accomplished a lot in the world level and the European level in the sprint machine in dryland and also in uh, uh, snow classes. Indra, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Indra, can you t- uh, give our listeners a little bit of background about you and what are you about, please? Well, I started with dogs in 2008. Uh, before in my life, my main hobby were horses, so actually animal lover. <laughs> and uh, it so just n- never know in my life before nothing about sled dog sport. I'm sure I would be in love much earlier about this <laughs> sport. And how did you start uh, in 2008? Uh, give us a little bit of history. All of us started somewhere. Yeah, it was just uh, we met with uh, my husband in in Vilnius. We lived in in capital in Lithuania, just as normal people, <laughs> normal city people. And uh, we met in the horse stable, and we just decided that well, we love horses too much, and more a city, and we should move out of city. And we moved uh, uh, to a place to farm near forest where we didn't have any neighbors, and we just said, "Oh, we we should have a dog here." So it happens that our first dog was Siberian Husky. Just just by accident, we didn't know nothing about this breed, what what they were, what what these dogs were to, supposed to do, and uh, just uh, probably after one year, we we were invited by friends to some first local small race in in Lithuania. It was dryland, maybe 10 participants. <laughs> and we went to see, and, and I then I, I saw everything, and I was like, wow, wow, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I like horse riding, but I like dogs. So this is how it all started. 
Yeah, it seems like a lot of people, uh, actually like myself, uh, uh, we lived in Paris and uh, I started with one Siberian Husky and before you know, we live in Alaska now. Uh, how many dogs do you have in your kennel now, Indre? 26 at the moment. Yeah, and we, well, our kennel is quite old now because we we have our first dogs, they're, they're 11 plus now and it's more than half kennel at this age. And uh, at the moment, we have only six racing, uh, racing eight dogs and, and two yearlings. So, <laughs> but we don't need much more dogs for, for actual training because we do mainly only dryland and uh, small classes. And uh, Lithuania, I mean, not, uh, Lithuania is not extremely well known for mushing as you can imagine. How popular how popular is sled dog sport in Lithuania? Well, it's not that much popular. Yes, we are not winter country. We are not uh, mushing country. We didn't have any tradition about, about sled dogs. We are basketball country, probably more. Uh, and uh, we have only four kennels at the moment in, in all country who have 10 plus sled dogs. Uh, but but the monosport and dryland sport, like canicross and bike joring, uh, these sports are growing a little bit. And I, I think we have like 120 Lithuanian participants in our federation with one dog. That's very interesting. Uh, so the sport is growing in a monosport and uh, dryland sport, definitely, huh? Yes, yes, that's right. Do you travel for majority of your competitions then? Yes, yes, we travel. Uh, it's it's the sad part of of uh, our hobby because for racing we have to travel long travels, especially for winter races. Like now, at the moment, we are in Sweden for European Championship, so it's one thousand kilometers. And but for us, for winter races, it's normal. We we don't have any closer race on sleds. <laughs> we always have to travel. So uh, for Alaskans like me, uh, it's kind of unusual to uh, listen to this. So basically, you prepare your dog team on dry land the whole time, and the only time that you get on sled is when you are competing? Uh, not all winters, but last few winters, yes, it is like that. Do you think it's a disadvantage? Well, I don't know. We will see <laughs> in 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 uh, Thursday. <laughs> but it's kind of uh, kind of uh, well. I believe the dogs, like our dogs, they are well prepared at the moment. I'm more worried about myself <laughs> because uh, anyway, driving a rig it's different than driving a sled. Uh, for sure, it's for dogs also are a little bit different to run on snow, but but I think I'm the weakest point of our team at the moment. <laughs> yeah, they, they sent me some pictures. Uh, I saw some pictures of in there, uh, uh, completely covered in mud, training <laughs> training for the world championship in mud, and. Uh, it's uh, it's the nature of our uh, temperature and uh, the global warming that we have, I believe. And uh, so, how do you prepare your dog team for uh, big events like this? Well, it's, uh, I, I put my plans for training uh, with hope that we will have some snow. But uh, well, this winter we didn't have any any at. We even didn't have the temperature above zero, not above, my, my, 
Less than zero, yes, yes. Uh, all every day was raining, mud, and plus. So I had to change a bit my plan because I understand I cannot push my dogs the same way as I could do it on snow. So the most important, I think, like for everyone, uh, for every musher, is like to see how it, how they respond to your training and to keep them. Uh, tired but happy and and still ready after 10 minutes still ready to do again so this is the goal and we will see how how we develop but uh, well i did the on dryland with rick the same distance as as we will have here for the same distance uh and you're going to be competing uh this uh year or in the future in the six dog or four dog class no four dogs four dogs well many years actually when when i started uh, all, all mushing and, and dogs and I, I was reading a lot of uh, Alaskan uh, mushing pages I am following even now all, all grand mushers in Alaska also in Europe of course and all trainings and nutrition and everything in the sled dog forums and always my dream was like kind of mid mid distance and still now if honest I, I would I would love to train and race mid distance but well Many years I tried to follow my dream, but the situation where we live, it's just not possible. So like three or four years ago, I had to decide that, okay, I cannot go against nature and we, we, we don't want to move so somewhere to emigrate. So that means that I should concentrate only on sprint and mainly dryland and small classes. Because of temperature, I cannot go for any bigger distances. So this is how I end in four dogs. My main discipline is four dogs. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, uh, Robert, uh, with the climate that we have and the, with the lives that lives that we have. Of course, you have to uh, manage uh, the uh, the uh, sport around your life, temperature, and all of that. Uh, Indra, tell me a bit about your dogs. What are the backgrounds and bloodlines behind your dogs currently? Yeah, uh, our dogs, uh, uh, we have many different uh, bloodlines, like uh, many famous European mushers, like Gary Leitinen, uh, some uh, uh, Pavel Pfeiffer, uh, Marte Heilemann, and, and, and also we have some uh, famous European sprinters, like Lena Boysen and... and uh, same names and also also we have some strippers <laughs> some stripper bloodlines in our kennel and uh, our the main maybe breeding program and and uh, probably the best results came out when we start to mix uh, european mid distance with sprinters so so th these dogs are uh, the best we ever had I think. Indre, when you say European mid uh, distance, are you talking about dogs who are running, uh, you know, 30 kilometers like, uh, you know, Rudy Roperts, or you're talking about dogs who are running, uh, you know, 150 or uh, 200 kilometers? Yeah, I talk about European mid, which I I know it's in in Alaska. It's sprint. Yeah, we call <laughs> it open sprint. class. Yeah. yeah, it's it's 40, it's 30 kilometers about this distance. I'm talking. Yeah, but the, it's very interesting that because I'm hearing more and more that uh, dogs uh, who are capable of running in open class, what we call open class or you call mid-distance, uh, are capable of doing four dogs, six dogs, eight dogs, or 
mid-distance uh, in the field? I think uh, what uh, maybe biggest re- uh, difference what I see in uh, in Europe we have a lot of uh, six or eight dogs uh, class uh, who runs this 40 kilometers. So all, if you would have only six dogs who, who run 40 kilometers, they, they are tough they are they are fast but also they are hard pullers it's a bit different than 12 or more dogs so these dogs even even pure lines they are quite good in sprint quite good maybe not all but but actually i what i found and what our training goals are we always try to keep the same average speed. We don't do any maximum speed trainings. I don't think that's very necessary. Um, we think that keeping high average till, from start till the end, this is the goal. Very interesting. Uh, Indrid, one thing you said a few moments ago uh, that you started the sport basically kind of uh, by yourself, uh, a little bit isolated because Lithuania is uh, not a sled dog country how did you gather knowledge about the sport i think uh, i was uh, reading on internet like uh, sled dog forum first before facebook <laughs> uh, i read all, i think all of your forum which is in in alaska i think sled dog forum <laughs> And uh, I also I was writing emails uh, to some European mushers, and uh, yeah, we, I I had a very good mentor, which uh, helped a lot for first two years when we started about trainings, about dogs, about the lines, about everything. So it's I think if you really want to do something, uh, it's possible. Just you have to analyze, ask, learn. And never, never think what you know everything. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, in Alaska, we're lucky. We have so many people around us, uh, and we consider that like normal. That you know, so you see what people are doing, uh, or uh, you gather information about people right around you in the club. But uh, being like Indre, uh, one of the four only sled dog kennels in the country, this got to be kind of different. Uh, tell me a little bit about your nutrition. How do you feed your dogs? Well, we feed mainly uh, raw, raw food. It's uh, meat and some vegetables. Uh, actually, we have our own company <laughs> who produce <laughs> the bar food for for pets. So we 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 just uh, do some food for our dogs. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes we add some kibbles, but uh, very few. I, I I truly believe that natural food is uh, much better. And do you maintain the same diet, uh, summer, winter, racing, uh, or resting? Yes, yes. Always just the, the just the amount and calories. Uh, yes, they 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 are of course less in in summer, but yes, it's high quality food all year round. And being a dry land racer, do you give your dogs any rest during the summertime, or you train them all year round? Yeah, summer is, we, we train them in summer, but it's more like fun training. So we just go some for free running, we go for swimming and lake, and if it's not too warm, we do some like one or two kilometers 
but it's not it's just for fitness for keeping fitness and and active dogs and happy dogs not like the, for for real training Andre, thank you for being on the show today. I am really intrigued about uh, the Lithuanian connection. On this show, we've talked to, to sprint mushers from all over the world, from Australia, from all over Europe, and of course, here in our hemisphere. But I, I definitely know that you are the first from Lithuania. And the first thing that I thought of when when you came on the air was when you watch the Olympic Games and you see the different countries and you have, you know, some countries have tens or maybe even a hundred athletes and then some countries only have one or two. And I'm thinking about Lithuania with mushing. How do you explain what you do to your friends and family, since so many people are not familiar with this sport in your country? Well, that's, <laughs> that's a question. We, we, we got many years from friends, yes, from just new friends. That, Why you have these dogs? Why you do this? Uh, but even people, they, don't, they are not sure that dogs want to run. They are not sure that the dogs want to be active. So it's it's kind of uh, hard to explain that, but uh, mainly we say oh, just come on, come and visit us, and just enjoy our training and and see see how we do it. After joining in one training, people don't have questions anymore. They just oh well, <laughs> that's nice. Okay, okay, and, and you know when you're when you're traveling, of course, uh, especially to to Sweden and Norway and places like that, it's much more familiar. And I'm sure there's a heck of a lot more, uh, less questions asked about what are you doing and what is that funny looking bike that you're riding or whatever. So, Andre, I have one final question. It's one that we ask all the time to our guests. And I believe you've pretty much answered it. Uh, you said just go out and do it. But you had said that you got a lot of your information from the Internet and in Facebook and forums and all that. If a person wanted to find out about mushing for the first time, whether they're doing dry land or snow sports, what advice would you give that new person? Uh, I would give uh, advice to go and to go to some local races, to, to talk, to see, uh, and uh, to find some someone uh, who can be your mentor and and teach you and tell you a lot and 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 join maybe trainings uh, offer some help in kennel and to see if you if you really like dogs and if you really if you are ready to do this and if you still think yes i want it so that's everything is possible i think everything is possible but about facebook i would say no, I don't believe in Facebook. <laughs> it's not uh, maybe I, I have even the term like Facebook mushers. Um, I think the real mushers are maybe better to talk.
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. There's a lot of armchair mushers, as we call them here in the United States, who, who, uh, who, who have a lot of advice who've never even done the sport. So I agree with you there 100%. KP, anything in closing? Actually, uh, one uh, more question that I have for Indre is, uh, since you are the elite of our sport uh, in Europe, you know, you're among the top uh, drivers in Europe, uh, do you uh, mentor new drivers? Yes. And then how do you organize that? Uh, we, we have our own club, Top Dogs Club. Uh, we have some people, like 15 people in our club. We organize training. We give advices for trainings. And uh, I can give advices for anyone who asks. I don't, don't uh, care too much if it's in my club or not in my club. And yes, we have... Uh, we have teach and help for people who, who wanted to, to accept that help. Any plans for coming to Alaska and racing our circuit? Oh, that would be a dream. <laughs> that would be a dream, really. I, and I hope one day, one day we will be able to do it. It is very interesting as we talk about... Uh, a lot of drivers in uh, Europe, uh, in Australia, in uh, anywhere. Uh, they, a lot of them, they would love to come to Alaska and race our circuit here. Our trails are magnificent here, and people are loving uh, new drivers and new uh, new people. Uh, Indre, uh, wanted to thank you so much for uh, spending the last uh, 20 minutes with us. Uh, good luck to you uh, for your racing season with your dogs, with your training. And I uh, look forward to see your results uh, uh, among the elite of our sport. And uh, thank you for spending this time. Uh, if you have any sponsors or anyone that you want to thank, it's time now. Uh, the biggest thanks go for my family, all family, for husband, daughter, for my parents. Because without them, I couldn't do it. <laughs> These are the biggest supporters and sponsors in all the world. Very good. Thank you very much for being on the show today. And on behalf of my co-host KP, this is Robert for The Dog Driver. Check us out next time. Goodbye. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by First Paw Coffee Company. Learn more at firstpaw.coffee. From First Paw Media, this is The Dog Driver Show. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and we invite you to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find a link on the episode notes. You can tap or swipe on the episode cover art and you can see some offers from our sponsors. You can support our show by supporting them. If you like what you have heard, we would love it if you could give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe too. Your hosts are Robert Forto and Kurosh Parto. Our producer is Robert Forto and created for First Paw Media. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.